Why do we stay? Why do we members of this oddball tribe known as native New Yorkers stick around, decade upon decade, as so much of the city we love, the city that shaped us and all of our wiseacre top-of-the-heap eccentricity, is raised and made unrecognizable around us? We are inured to so much bedlam here, so many exotic daily distractions, yet are somehow inexplicably surprised and pained every time a new wound opens up in the streetscape. We barely notice the shrieking ambulance whizzing past, or the man in the octopus suit struggling to get all his arms through the turnstile. But let them tear down the Times Square Howard Johnson's, or the Cedar Tavern, or Rizzoli, let them shutter H&H Bagels, or CBGB, or the Ziegfeld, and we wince as if our own limb has been severed. Every block, it's just one goddamn ghost after another, my big sister Quigley told me last year when she'd finally had enough and decided to move away for good. I'm tired of being homesick in my own hometown. So why do I, whose ghosts are at least as obstreperous as hers, stay on? Why is this maddening, heartbreaking, self-cannibalizing city the only place where I feel like I'm me? And what about you? If you've lived in New York long enough to resent some gleaming new condo that pulled a Godzilla versus Bambi on a favorite restaurant or deli or bookstore, then this is your city, too, teeming with your own bespoke ghosts. As for me and mine, most of the things I need to tell you about happened in the 70s. But it was in late 1965, when I was about to turn five, that I first sensed what it is to love a city that never quite loves you back. We were not even in New York at the time. We were in our VW Bug, taking a pre-dawn road trip to a mystery destination my father refused to reveal. It was the sharp left turn at the slaughterhouse that awakened me, the momentum burrowing my head deeper into the ribbed warmth of his corduroy armpit. Out the window of our little car, in a now-you-see-it-now-you-don't pocket of yellow light, Men in blood-smeared smocks hose down the pavement, clouds of steam rising into the night. On a wide brick wall, our headlights gliding across it, the faded image of a grinning cartoon cow, its speech bubble saying, Pleased to meet you. Meet to please you. We drove on another few minutes, the world still more dark than light. Mom and Quigley murmured groggily in the back seat. When we reached an enchanted point along the highway that looked exactly the same to me as every other part of the highway, Dad pulled off decisively and parked in a marshy softness. Another few cars, three or four, followed his lead, but Dad headed off on foot without hailing or waiting for the others. He preferred to make people keep up with him.